This is JB McConville, a.k.a. J Business. I don't have any allegiance. I'm just looking for the money. You're listening to the DU Football Show. Talking about hitting it off the post. Look at Sam Graham putting down the phone right as the ice cubes hit. He's like, I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm ready to Boom. go. Boom. He's on. I am ready to go. Uh, so order is restored. I'm doing fucking my lord again. <laughs> I'm not. Although I probably should be. Well, you know, the interesting thing, though, Sam, is that the most safest managerial job right now is neither one of our teams. It's Mel's team. Yeah, that's true. Most safest. Most safest. So safe, he had to invent a level of safeness for it. (laughs) It's the top level of safe. Uh, The the most. most. The most. Got it. PG County works for me. (laughs) Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way, my fellow PG brother, Samuel Graham. What up, what up? Sammy, how you doing? Doing good. Whenever Drink. whenever I drop some PG, you're done. You're done every I time, know. I can yeah, tell. Yeah, because nobody gets it but us. Yep. Um, the other thing is, is I'll just jump into it real quick. I'll go into it later, but we got the yak. We sipping on some yak. <laughs> That's what's up. PGAF. Mm-hmm. Did our gin and juice with our two stooses. Got the yak. Did an Alizé show. All we're missing is a hypno show, man. Ooh. We are recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms, including uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, to name a few. Please rate, subscribe, and review, and do share with your friends. Should you want to chat with us, there's many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Sure. We are at DU Football Show on all the social medias and dufootballshow at gmail.com uh, to get in touch via email. Yeah, beautiful. So Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show. Sam, you already hinted at it, but tell the people what we are sipping on tonight. All right. So we have got Chalfont Cognac Special Reserve. It was rated 93 points by the Beverage Tasting Institute. Uh, Comes in at 80 proof. Um You've got some honeyed fruits, uh, berries, spiced fruitcake, caramel, and honeysuckle uh, on the palate with this one. It's obviously a bit sweet up front, uh, being made from grapes. Um, $29.99 to $39.99 on the shelf, uh, and just a great little everyday cognac. Yeah, sometimes Solid, ticks every box. Um, it's, no, it's no Louis Trey. Oh, of course not. But it's... Pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, you know, Mason Ferran, and then the other, the other big houses all make some really great stuff. But you know what? In a pinch, nice price point, something that uh, people don't typically think. Everybody always wants to do rum or bourbon in their eggnog. A little bit of brandy in the eggnog yeah. really hits the spot. And, yep. You know, starting to get a little chilly outside, a little uh, brandy to warm up the inside. There's oh. nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. So I, uh, uh, I, I'm being made fun of, but I'm a traditionalist that I, I feel like. Um, and this comes from generations of people that would take a little bit of warmed cognac uh, prior to bed on major holidays, basically. And um, I do that on Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, and Christmas. There you so go. So this is my holiday bottle of cognac. It's not something I drink every day, but it's damn good. And uh, I'll be finishing that fifth off by the end of the year. Un- unlike me, who drinks an entire bottle of whiskey and, and a whole bunch of beer just to knock out the sounds that are my uh, mother-in-law screeching. The entire holiday season. 
Now I oh, do hi, honey. I love you. <laughs> now I do drink during the day still. Oh, yeah. Of course. Hashtag day drinking. Hells yeah. Um, on those days. However, to finish the evening and cap off the holiday, a little glass of slightly warmed cognac is all that can cleanse the palate. All right, good. Well, then, let's have a great show. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Be careful. I got a fancy glass. That's right. Give you your uh, Riedel cognac sipping glass there. Y'all are smart not to give me one with a stem so I can't (laughs) knock it over as easy. All right, good. All right. We're going to start with the top. What? Drink responsibly. There we go. Ah, yeah. Just got it in. Yes. For for those of you who do (laughs) not know, I have this big fucking note that says, remember to say drink responsibly, you fucking tool. And he barely ever remembers to do it. I drew an arrow. I actually drew some stuff around the arrow to draw more attention to it, but I went on about something else and stopped looking at my and notes. Still, and still almost forgot. Well, because I stopped looking at my notes, that arrow was irrelevant. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and get into it. You know what? Jose, you're right. We're not going to make it all about you first. <laughs> We're going to save you to the end. Uh, we start with the uh, top four sides in the league. Two of them played each other, and uh, the top two, well, heck, all three had a little bit of VAR controversy in their games. Manchester City 2, Chelsea 1, Liverpool 2, Palace 1, Leicester 2, Brighton 0. Frenetic first half for City Chelsea, wasn't it, Sammy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Angola Conte opened the scoring really well, strong, um, but the real story for me was Tammy Abraham just putting off Fernandinho as he chased back for a last-ditch tackle. I think he may have gotten there, at least had a chance to. But uh, Tammy Abraham stepped in front of him, gave him a little shoulder, and sent him flying into the back of the goal, shielding the ball, allowing it to roll into the back of the net. Yeah. And no one's talking about it. And as well done and mature play from a very young, relatively inexperienced player. Uh, a striker at that, too. Not normally yeah. Strikers normally looking for glory, not doing the dirty work. Exactly. So good on him for that. Um, Chelsea actually possessed more of the ball, but only registered two shots on target. Um, it was a bit unfortunate uh, when Kevin De Bruyne equalized as well, um, took a deflection. Uh, Kepa was already going uh, the one way, ball deflected back the other way. Um, and then Riyad like Mahrez. Own goal number three or four off of Zuma now? Well, technically, it's not an own goal because it was still it was already on target. But, but it went off Zuma. Yeah, it deflected off Zuma, which is unfortunate. Um, Riyad Mahrez uh, with an archetypal goal from him. Um, on the right side, cutting in on his left foot. It's Aryan Robin esque, uh, and just just not as spectacular. Little, yeah, it just looked like a pass. Honestly, yep. it looked like a pass into the back of the net. Uh, for me, it was a very entertaining game. Sloppy from City uh, by their standards, uh, and Kepa did get let off the hook once or twice, uh, especially on Aguero's shot that hit the woodwork, uh, rescuing him. But um, yeah, I mean, City created some chances, weren't as clinical as as usual, and Chelsea hung around for a bit. And uh, City ended up really fortunately walking out with a two-one win. Kind of expected, kind of what we expected, don't you think? It was I we I mean last last week on uh, injury time we said we were like ah, I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea goes up and then City scores two and wins two to one. Yeah, I think I called this a draw. Yeah, you called a draw. If I, I remember said, I, on the NBC Sports one. app uh, on Friday when I was putting my things in my predictor app for the fifty grand. Yeah, I actually made this a two-one Chelsea win. Uh, I made it a 2-1 City when it was the only one I hit. Everything else yeah, I missed. I got the 2-1 Palace Liverpool. Yeah. But yeah. So I, r- <clears throat> Chelsea's the real deal, it looks like. Um, now we'll see what happens when they come up against some hardship, get knocked out of a cup, or have a pretty hefty defeat and see if Frank can gather the boys back again. Yeah. But um, but after that initial 4-0 to Manchester United, they've looked the business. Yeah. You know, you okay, so you lost to United, you lost to Liverpool, you lost to City. 
other than that, you're playing pretty decent ball. You know, yeah. the they scoring goals. Everybody's the, contributing. The draw to Leicester doesn't look so bad now. Uh, hell, the way Sheffield's playing, the draw to Sheffield doesn't look so bad now. Like they're not, they're doing good. Yeah, I'm. Imp- <laughs> I'm actually pretty impressed with them. The way they started, I thought they were going to be in shambles, and they're not. And our uh, our boy uh, Pat, their uh, back door covers his under yep. because of a uh, VAR goal call right. back on uh, uh, Sterling. Second time he got called off sides by a shoulder blade. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. the The <laughs> margins are absolutely ridiculous, but at least it's a black and white decision with offsides. There's a few others that happened this weekend that apparently were subjective, and um, they fucked them up again. In the next couple of games that we're about to talk about, yep. I am um, uh, Liverpool. You would have thought the win against City would have galvanized them. And that they would start to kind of go on cruise control for a while. Now, they're getting points, so it's hard to be critical. They keep getting three points. But yet again, their opponent played better than they did. Yeah, um, they really did, to be honest with you. I believe they outshot them 6-4. to four. Yeah, they outshot them 6-4. to four, And they also had a goal, allow- uh, goal disallowed, I'm sorry, um, Palace did, for a shove uh, in the back off the ball from a corner. Yeah. Now... It was a foul. I agree. Yeah. Goal should have been disallowed. No problem. My problem with VAR at this point is where's the consistency? Right. Because there's other things that happen. It's not that you should have allowed this goal to stand. It's that you should have caught the other ones. What I think I'm seeing, Sam, is that defenders are allowed to get away with all the grabbing, all the pushing, all the whatever they want to do on every single corner kick. But if an attacker pushes a defender... And if in any way, shape, or form that involves a goal, it is being called off. So if that that's fine. Again, we talk about this whole clear and obvious thing. If you are setting that as the parameter of clear and obvious, then that needs to start being clear and obvious across the across board. Across the board, yeah. And until we start seeing a penalty shot given because a defender pushes a player to the ground, then eh. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Absolutely. Uh, Mane was a bit fortunate. Oh, by the way, actually, mm-hmm. um, referee didn't go look at it either. Of not course a, not. Not a single ref looked at him this no. weekend, I don't think. No, but they said they were going to use the TVs more. Right, yeah. Remember, right. they only got to do it once, and then they've used it more than they have already have. Absolutely. Uh, Mane was a bit fortunate to get his opener. Um, the ball deflected and hit both posts after a touch from the goalkeeper. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just one of those, what are you going to do? Um, good football from Palace uh, for the equalizer. Well, really, it was just good football from Wilfred Zaha. Um, and then Benteke cut in from, uh, inside and stayed on his feet for a change. And look what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Bang. Uh, Wilfred Zaha scores. Um, and Benteke didn't let his head drop from a, a scissor kick he had a few minutes oh, prior. If that had gone in. Oh, my God. If that had gone in. You know, it's been hard for him getting goals. And if that would have been the goal that... But- that breaks the duck. That'd have been all right. Oh, oh man, that Ben been Hard sick. has is an understatement as well. Massive <laughs> understatement. Ben Hard. He hasn't mm-hmm. scored in a, a, a long time. Um, unlucky from Palace uh, after a melee in the box with just their own team found the ball fall to Firmino, uh, and Firmino getting his first goal for a long time with a pretty decent finish. Um, um, but what a, are you going to do? You not, know, not as drastic on that play, but uh, a couple of things worth bringing up. Um, Palace player just before that corner kick gets hit in the head, goes down with a clear head injury. Ref doesn't blow the whistle. Ball goes down the pitch. They get a corner kick. Then he addresses the head injury. 
you've established an advantage referee. Exactly. You're supposed to blow that whistle right away. Yeah. And Van Dyke definitely pushed a defender to the ground right before the Firmino knocked in the goal. But, you know, hey, that's, you know, it's okay. It's Liverpool. Well, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, the other thing, um, fun, fun fact, as long as you had made your bet before Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for Liverpool to win the league with uh, Betway, an mm-hmm. English betting site, um, they have paid you out on Liverpool winning the league. That's just an automatic precursor that they're going to fucking bottle it up and lose it. It's beautiful. I'm pretty sure an Everton fan's own bet way. Oh, yeah. Just just to F with people. <laughs> yeah. Probably. But I can't confirm that at all. I can't find anything that has the ownership of Betway being... Yeah. Um, a supporter of any particular club. So uh, Fox is on cruise control right now, brother, aren't they? Uh, they're getting it done, ugly or not. I mean, it took to, what, the 63rd minute or something like that? Yeah. Um, and then Vardy didn't even score from open play. It happened to be a penalty. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're they're getting it done. Brighton had uh, more of the ball, actually, than Leicester did. That's This is what Chris uh, Potter's team does. They're going to they're gonna be more possession-based and... Yeah. Good, good, bad, or indifferent. Problem is, they didn't register a shot on target. <laughs> right, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta shoot. Fucking do something with it. Right, you got, you got it now. That's good. <clears throat> One step in the right direction. Now take a shot. Yeah, but you can't win a fucking football match if you don't shoot the goddamn ball. No, no, you can't. Sorry. So Liz. yeah, so I don't know what that is. Uh, but uh, Iosi Perez scored uh, first, and then Vardy netted a pen. Um, overall, it was actually a pretty entertaining <laughs> game, despite there only being, I think, five shots on target overall. Yeah. Well, overall, all from Leicester. Back and um, forth. Yeah, but it was it was forth. a pretty decent little game. I, I wasn't uh, disappointed. So I want to go to the penalty. So Vardy takes the penalty, because it's not just as simple as Vardy scores a penalty. Because Vardy steps up to take the first penalty, misses. Uh, Matt Ryan makes a save. Madison comes in, head ball to the back of the net. They go to VAR. Now, VAR shows that Madison had encroached. But it also showed that multiple Brighton players on the bottom side of the box had also encroached. So what does the referee do? Allow a retake of the kick. And Vardy scores. Aren't you rewarding the team that broke the rule? Because it seems like, okay, Madison, both, both teams had encroached. But Madison's encroachment actually affected the play on the field where Brighton's encroachment had no impact on it whatsoever. I would, at that point, say who encroached first. If Madison was first in the box, it should have just been a goal kick. Right. And that's it. Um, Is It's not American football. It's not offsetting penalties. Just the result stands. <laughs> that's not how it happens. Right. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I'm sure it's something written in the rule itself, right? But it just doesn't... Uh... Right. It, it doesn't feel right. Now, no. I mean, it, it. I'm sure the ref called it correctly, and that's the way it's supposed to go. I, but I, it just doesn't, I wouldn't bet money on that. But it just doesn't feel right that the keeper did the job, the keeper made the save. And well, that's just your keeper-colored glasses. Oh, of course. <laughs> but then... Keeper-colored glasses. That's your keeper-colored glasses. Yeah. That's a goalkeeper's union talking there, yeah. man. Yeah, but, but then when we talk about an offside... Okay, then... Coincidentally, offsides. Uh-huh. A player can be offsides if they have no impact on the goal whatsoever. It does not matter. Correct. Right. Well, then why does the encroachment of two of the two players on the lower side of the box matter at all when it had zero effect on the play? Couldn't tell you. 
Yeah. So it just seemed odd to me. I gotcha. I'm with you. I don't disagree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Um. So a little something about uh, the Foxes in December. Their next five matches, well, I mean, for the whole month, five of their seven matches are against the bottom five clubs yeah. in the league. And they now find themselves in fifth. Um. Yes, I believe so. No, you no. said Foxes. Leicester, yeah. they're yeah. in second. Second. Yeah, they're still in second. Think. Chelsea well, fell to fourth. Chelsea fell to fourth. With their loss. And City's back in third. Yep. Uh, Wolves is who I was thinking of. Right. Is in fifth. Yeah, Wolves have bumped all the way up to fifth. But um, the only the, the two big games that Foxes have, though, are both the week of Christmas, where they go to City and host Liverpool. So I think we'll learn a lot about the Foxes by the end of December. We'll learn a lot about all three of those clubs, and we'll see really how the Club World Cup has affected Liverpool then. Yeah. That'll be probably their biggest opponent uh, following the Club World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So, and just before the Club World Cup, they have the uh, Merseyside Derby on three days rest. Yeah, you know, not. I mean, granted, Everton sucks balls right now, but right, that good. game. He said it. I didn't have to. But but that that game that game is still a tough game. Oh, and of that course. Game, in, and that game is still going even even if it's a Liverpool five nothing thrashing. That's going to take a lot out of Liverpool. In, in in any derby, you can throw the form out the window. I mean, look at how shite we were and drew Tottenham or beat them 5-3 a few seasons ago. And then even last season had the 1-1 or 2-2, whatever it was, and we didn't play particularly well. You just you could throw the form out the window in a, in a derby of that magnitude. Or, or of course, the fact that uh, Liverpool lost the league at Goodison Park last year. Rounding out some of the uh, games in a segment that we like to call, Oh, So That Happened. Wolverhampton 2, Bournemouth 1, Burnley 3, Watford 0, Aston Villa 2, Newcastle 0, and Manchester United 3, Sheffield United 3. Um, after a rough start, Sam, Wolves find themselves in fifth fucking place. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to say for this one, with Bournemouth being at home, Simon Francis being sent off changed the game more than João Matinho's goal. Oh, yeah. Now, that being said... Oh, what a goal. João Matinho's goal was fucking brilliant. <laughs> that was fucking was sick. Fucking brilliant. Um, it couldn't beat it. That was, that was awesome. No. The ass brilliant. fell out of it, everything. It was always oh, fantastic. It was perfectly placed. Um, it was a height where the goalkeeper couldn't reach it. It was at full stretch. It was, it was absolutely fantastic, uh, that free kick. But it's Bournemouth at home. So you always fancy Bournemouth at home. You also always fancy Wolves to not play particularly well against lesser opponents on the road. Right. So, AKA dropping all six points to Huddersfield Town last year. Yes, it was a moment of magic. But I still felt like Bournemouth could get into the game. And then Simon Francis, you silly boy. You silly, silly boy. No reason to make that foul two steps beyond midfield to, to pull back maybe Ruben Neves or whoever yeah. it was. Just dumb, dumb. For a, for a second yellow. Just absolutely terrible. The first tackled his first yellow, fine. He cleaned him out outside the box, had to, where Jalmatino scored. He was in, in behind, and he was going to make something happen uh, with Raul Jimenez and a couple others um, uh, rushing down through the penalty spot and, and into the six-yard box. So you had to think that something was going to happen there anyway. Might as well clean him out. I'm outside the box. It's safe. See what happens. All right, fine. The guy pulled something out of his ass. What are you going to do? But this is so, so fucking ridiculous. And then another free kick. Bournemouth sleepwalking, and they find themselves 2-0 down. 
And that with ten men was going to be always going to be difficult to come back from. They, they got tried a goal. to. They got a goal. They could have. They they had opportunities at the end, but that was also just Wolves packing it in. Yeah. And um, uh, after Ruben Neves's goal the other day from like forty yards out last week or week before whatever it was, um, or match week before, uh, he had like three shots from thirty-five to forty yards out this game. Oh yeah. It's like that's all he's doing now. And on target too. <laughs> yeah. On target. That's that's the key thing. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, don't look now. Burnley's top seven. Back-to-back three, no wins. Manchester United, Tottenham, and Arsenal, not in that order, are 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that fucking ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> Everton 16th. Oh, fucking shoot me. Uh, um, West Ham 17th. Like, it just, go go figure. Yeah. You know what's funny about this game? That scoreline does not at all. Do d- justice. D- no. Watford was the better team the entire Absolutely. game until Burnley got a goal. So Troy Deeney's finally back uh, for Watford, which will help them once he starts hitting on all cylinders. Uh, once he's fully match fit, I think it's going to go a little bit better because um, he did look off the pace a bit. But uh, Watford had two-thirds of the ball, but they only managed four shots on target. And part of that, though, was the shithousery from Burnley. Uh, tactical fouls, bringing people down. There was a lot of shithousery that Burnley did. Tchaikovsky probably could have been sent off in that game. There were five fouls that he could have been yellow carded for, and I don't think he saw a single yellow. No. Well, the, one of them, the one at the top of the box, I think he got the ball first, and the uh, Watford player, I th- maybe Decore, landed on top of his leg, and they blew for a foul against Tchaikovsky. Um, he was trying to jump over him, landed on top of him, and then fell, and they blew the foul. Which I thought that was a little bit ridiculous. Um, a late penalty from Barnes uh, followed up a uh, Chris Woods. Um, actually, it was pretty decent work um, off of the, I think it was a deflected corner uh, that kind of yeah. fell to him. And no, it was Tchaikovsky keeping it alive at the far post, um, but deflected it off of the defender he had uh, marking him. And Chris Wood, over the shoulder, just kind of tucked it home. Uh, it was well done to him. Um, like I said, Ashley Barnes later, and then uh, Tchaikovsky, for all of his hard work and hard fouling, uh, had a double attempt uh, that finally went in. Um, Villa getting the all-important six-pointer at home. Yeah. If you want to stay up, this is the game you need to win. Newcastle at home, you need to beat them. You beat them 2-0. Yeah, and Hurahan was fantastic again. Oh. It was lovely. That free kick was brilliant. It was Jack went up before him. I took a picture. I had to rewind, and they're like all sitting there talking, and then Jack just reaches over, strokes him behind the ear, and I thought to myself, "Oh, that guy's scoring." Oh yeah. And it was just the way they set it up and the angle. Oh, it was a right. delight. It's Apparently, so all you need is your captain's loving, warm <laughs> embrace to inspire you to score. Well, it also worked the second time. Ming did the same thing. Uh, her Tyrone had, Mings. Yeah, yeah, had another. Went up to him and had a little pep talk uh the ball didn't reach to tyrone but it reached the guy next to him i can't well remember. el ghazi el ghazi right. stole in front of mings yeah. mings was there yeah but el ghazi stole in front of him and got no. the got the final touch but which didn't is fine matter. no the you got to do what in. you got to do the ball went in the back of the net Elgazi got a little eager early uh later on too with his uh the third goal that got called back because yeah. he was just a little ahead of himself he had just <laughs> yeah. taken a moment to set himself he could have gotten a legal goal but i'm not going to discount uh enthusiasm <laughs> i did um the the English commentators crack me up, and now that I'm paying more attention to football, so I even call it a football, not soccer. I'm doing mm-hmm. much better. Take take advantage of the time you have because it's not going to be much longer. Watching football or no, talking no. on the mic? <laughs> you talking on the mic? Mute button is so in your future. So let's get to it. So the commentator had a great quote, and I'm just going to start writing these down every week. Uh, 
exact words. Grealish. So easy on the eye and silky with the touch. Unselfish. There you go. Sounds like a singles ad. It does. It really should have been his being a right-footed player from that angle. Now um, produce me a mute button. A mute button. A produce button. me a mute. A mute button. <laughs> I am a king, and this is my castle. Mute it. Produ- yeah. Mute. Produce I'm mute. Man Houston. All the mute. Of my All porch. of the mute button. Hit that fucking mute button. So, um, the first goal was brilliant. The way they uh, they worked the angle just right to create the space around the wall. And you would never expect a left footer from that position to fire near post. Um, but just that little touch to Grealish who stopped it and changed the angle of the delivery. Be a little pissed off at Newcastle's wall for not reacting to it fast enough. Um, but Dubravka had way too much um, way too much ground to make up. And it was a well, very well-struck free kick. Um, Dean said that was something they've been working on in training camp. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the second goal... Was obviously a, a very good free kick again from Horahan. Great delivery. It was just far enough outside of the six. Goalkeeper couldn't come to it. And um, the defenders were running back towards their own goal. A little bit at sixes and sevens. Mings and El Ghazi were there, and El Ghazi ended up getting the tap in. Uh, and it was uh, a, a great performance all around. What I will say, though, from Newcastle is they only had a third of the ball, still managed five shots on target. And for them, for a team of that stature at, at this point in time, they're not going to have a lot of the ball. So the fact that they still created five chances is good. However, and it's encouraging, they need to be more clinical with their chances. They have to take their chances, or they're going to find it very difficult this season. Well, so on to United versus United. No thoughts? Yeah, uh, nothing to say? No, no, no we're going to keep it rolling. <laughs> I covered it. I mean, he's talking a lot of shit for a guy that has to do a shot this week, and we don't. Ooh. Okay. All right, hit the mute button. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like when she self-edits. <laughs> Makes my job so much easier. Um, Sheffield and Man U would have been the opening of the show. Like this was a great little game. Phil Jones was, was terrible. Oh my god, was he? That oh, was a fun, fun on the eye. Yeah, Phil Jones was terrible. The, one of the commentators I was listening on XM because I was working, um, <laughs> and it, it's the Talk Sport feed. One mm. of the commentators said, I, "I may get this just off, but one of the commentators said, this is one of the worst twenty minutes he's ever seen from a professional footballer ever." <laughs> yep. Now, um, it's absolutely pitiful. Now what's funny is they they go up they go up to nothing, and then Man U pulls a freaking with uh, Alex in the stands there pull an old Alex Man U and score three goals in seven minutes and suddenly find themselves up three two. All right, so here's what I wrote. You ready? Um, Phil Jones was terrible. Got pushed aside by Musse like a rag doll. Flex scored. Uh, Man U was outshot eight to five uh, by fucking Sheffield United. They needed a 19 year old Brandon Williams. Um, to start the United comeback with a very mature strike, actually, on his weaker foot. Excellent shot. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, good ball for Marcus Rashard. Found Mason Greenwood, who's an 18-year-old with a great run, uh, who tapped in. And Marcus Rashford then capped off the third in seven minutes on a pass from Dan James. And for those seven minutes, the world had Manchester United back. Then, back to their current shit form, and <laughs> McBurney scored the equalizer. And Manchester fucking United... Drew with Sheffield fucking United. So I think it's very important that we establish all the names for all the different clubs here is uh, right. as my producer mutes me as I'm in mid-sentence. <laughs> worry about production there, sweetheart, okay? Let's just worry about production. 
borderline sexist with a sweetheart added in. <laughs> sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Good thing we're married. It was meant to be. Mute button. <laughs> We need to establish oh what God. everybody's particular names are because there's so much tram sham going on right now that people might lose sight and call teams by their wrong name. Newcastle is the dumpster fire. <laughs> Reason why they are the dumpster fire is because Mike Ashley has a propensity for fireplaces. Well, namely, puking in said fireplaces. Yes. Manchester United is the shit show. Yes. Very important to establish. As uh, we talked with our friend Chris on uh, the socials this weekend, who's a big West Ham supporter, we have decided they will now be dubbed Clusterfuck. <laughs> Got it. Um, I would like to propose for your team, we call it Perpetual Mediocrity. <laughs> I think that might be a great name for your squad. Sounds okay. And then um, my club is a malort of a team. <laughs> There you go. So I, I that just we want to make sure we know everybody by their right proper shit form names, correct? Yes. And now that uh, Manchester United has been taken back down to their level in those last two minutes of the game, it is now Sheffield fucking United. Mm-hmm. Looks like they're here to stay. Yeah, it definitely looks like they're here to stay. I was convinced that they were going to fall apart, and even if they were to fall apart the rest of the way. I think they've already done enough to secure themselves. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Even if it, this isn't like Blackpool where everybody figured them out and then you just saw Blackpool go from top five to 18th place in a, in a matter of two months, we're not going to see this with I Sheffield, don't think Sheffield so, no. sticking around. The the big thing is can they stay together in the summer? Can can um almost said Dean Smith. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. Um, can the manager hold on to the players? Can the manager himself not get poached? Yeah, that's going to be the question. There's going to be a lot of jobs coming up in the summer by the looks of things, um, which takes us nicely into our next segment. All about the transition, bro. Well done. Very (laughs) professional. Thank you. Um, So one team fires their manager, of course, hires the special one. And then there are the other three teams we're going to talk about tonight are probably damn near close to firing their managers. One of them probably is. Um, So we got Tottenham 3, West Ham 2, Norwich 2, Everton 0, Arsenal 2, Southampton 2. Now, I want to take a different look at this, Sam. So far in these games, all we've done is kind of talk about the results. But let's face it. Your game was you guys escape with a point against a team you should have beat the shit out of. We, yet again, lose to another newly promoted side 2-0. At home. At home. Twice now at home. And West Ham cannot seem to get it together. I don't, West Ham played well for eight minutes. I don't want to talk about I don't want I don't I don't, I don't want to talk about the shit performance. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about the three managers that are about to probably lose their fucking jobs. That's really what I want to talk about. All right. What would you like to know? <laughs> well, first off, obviously Tottenham. Jose, we're going to talk about you for a little bit. I'm just going to wait and hold my uh, breath. He till you... asked us not to make it about him. Well, we didn't. And all we're going to do right now is, is Jose, I wait patiently for you to give me something. <laughs> I know you will. It's, it's coming. I know you will. Right. But how could it be all about him anyway when my hashtag on my back of my shirt is it's all about me? <laughs> so t- sit down. And take a seat, the quote-unquote special one. Yeah. Um, you know, Tottenham get the win. Um, uh, Tottenham got the win. It was 
still not the greatest performance from them ever. They let West Ham score twice late yeah. on. Um, but they did have a little bit of a siege mentality uh, in the first half. And after those first four minutes where Declan Rice was bossing uh, for a few minutes, that that was it. West Ham shit the bed for the next 82. And then yeah. they scored those two late goals. And that's it, man. They 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 are abject at best. After that four minute flurry to start the game off, West Ham were absolutely terrible. I don't think they want to perform for Pellegrini. It I seems think he, like it seems like nothing Pellegrini's doing is working uh-uh. either. Nope. And on this list, I would probably have to say, because West Ham is better known for sacking managers, I would have to say he's probably the one that's most worried about his job. I'd agree. Last few years, they've sacked. They've gone through a, a fair amount of managers in the last four or five years, maybe even longer than that. To be fair, I don't think. And Rafa Benitez apparently wants to come in from the wilderness uh, of China. Oh, of course he does. So, because he I, wants to show up Newcastle. Of he course. wants to go. He wants to go be at a better club and show it up. Absolutely. So I, I would most worry for for uh, Pellegrini. Why is Roberto still playing goalkeeper? Fabianski had hip surgery. Okay, there, there's other goalkeepers. The first goal, I swear to Christ, Roberto moved out of the way and slapped his hands at it as the ball went by. Yeah, him. playing patty the, cake. The, the, the ball was going at his chest, and he moved his body away yeah. from the ball. He, I'd rather have the 18-year-old U23 keeper in there. Play a kid. To be honest. Play a kid. Yeah. Why not play a kid? Absolutely. I mean, you're not getting the results anyway. May as well get the kid some experience. Yeah. This dude's terrible. Um actively costing you games currently. Absolutely. Uh, Marco Silva. I still don't think he knows what his best team is. No. Obviously, there's a lot of injuries that go along with that, but you all don't look like you have a plan half the time. He doesn't know how to adjust in a game. No. He's making terrible decisions. Um, In the final third, especially, we've spoken about it over the last month, kind of at nauseum. To the corner, cross, to the corner, cross. With no real aim or direction either. With with one guy in the box, right, and and you're going with Shank Tosun, who's short. Like at least put a f- tall fucker in there to put a head on a ball, right? Yeah, I why Moise Ken can't get a game from I the start, no I don't know. There there's something going on, and I don't. It, these players that are on the field are better than that. Oh, absolutely, this team is better than they're performing, and they just they're playing like they want the manager sacked. Feels like it. Feels Arsenal's like doing it. the same thing. Yeah, I it's with. I would have sworn we would have already been talking about Silva being fired, and it sounds like Everton wants to do exactly what I was hoping they wouldn't do, which is basically he has till Liverpool. So great, and the what's the thing now is David Moyes comes back with the understanding that it's to the end of the season potentially. Possibly him. They want Arteta, but I can't imagine why Arteta would want to leave City to well, come to us, especially in the middle of a season. He's linked with us, and he's got ties, obviously, to you all also. Yeah, well, emotionally, right? But the the that's the one saving grace I think that we have is if we decide to grow the balls to fire Unai Emery, we're a bigger club with a bigger budget. Period. Yeah, precisely. Better, better opportunity do we for wanna, Arteta. Do we want to lose out Arteta to you by waiting an extra two weeks? Uh, you know what I mean? Or do we can Emery, hire Arteta almost immediately, and move forward? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or do we wait two <laughs> weeks, sit on our hands, rest on our laurels, or Yannis, 
Well, uh, Allegri. <laughs> isn't Allegri still out it. there? Allegri's still out there. Yeah, I want Allegri. I want Allegri. I want to throw money at Diego Simeone and have him quit Atletico Madrid. I want a lot of things. Julian, well, I'd, just, I'd be just, happier you with just, Julian Nagelsmann. You just want that because you want some defense on your team. Yeah, I want some fire, some passion. Some, I want somebody to get booted in the fucking face in that dressing room because they're playing like a bunch of pussies. And it's really fucking annoying. I can't stand it. Your guys are, are almost, in, in some games, you came out, what was the, the last result you had that you won right before the international break? Um, we beat Southampton 2-1, to one, a team that you had to eke out a draw against. Right, and you had the emotional comeback against Spurs right. to equalize. Right, after Andres Gomez's injury. Injury. And then you come back from the international break, and you put in the most abject performance of the season for you guys so far. Against struggling Norwich, who hasn't scored goals for real in a month and a half. They've been horrible. Cantwell gets on the pitch for At the first home. time in a month and and just whips right through our defense and scores At a goal. At home. Yeah. At home. What and what are Pellegrini, Emery, and Silva, what are they saying at halftime? Because the second half performances aren't any fucking better. No. None of them. No, they aren't. None of them. No. If it wasn't for Alexandra Lacazette's quick thinking. We would have lost that game 2-0. It feels like you almost should have lost that and game Southam- 2-0. And Southampton had chances. Yeah. I uh, spoke to a couple of friends um, that are Arsenal supporters that, that live in London. And uh, the people in the stadium, you could get a little bit of a sense of it from the television. But the people in the stadium didn't cheer Lacazette's goal. You get the sense that the supporters wanted to lose the game. So Emery would be sacked. Yeah. And they didn't. And the fact that he wasn't cleaning out his office immediately after that game shows that the board has no balls. The same with Mushari and the same with the Dildo brothers. Everton Everton fans at Goodison were actively singing You're Getting Sacked in the Morning to Marco Silva after the game. So we uh, do a little thing here on the DU Football Show where... If our team loses, our producer slams the phone down onto the uh, <laughs> table, making an exceptionally loud thud that you can hear right into the sh- show uh, as she tries to video. <laughs> that is the us. Do- that is the dong for Everton's loss. <laughs> yes, so it's better um, than what we did last season, where I just laid my dong on the table. That's <laughs> true. So if we lose, we do a uh, shot of malort, which is if earwax threw up. It is quite frankly the shittiest alcohol in the world. So what I did was um, normally. I would pour a single shot, but Sam, as you notice here, I poured a nice big fat double shot. Oh, you did do a double. Because we have successfully lost to all three newly promoted sides by a score of two nil in each. Every single one, they score, then they get a late goal to uh, seal the game, and two of those games at which we lost at home. I feel like all those twos are telling me something. It's telling me I need to double my fucking shot because... I'm the sorry sap that decided to root for fucking Everton. Cheers, dicks. Can you do me a favor and pass me that bottle, please? Because, like any self-respecting alcoholic, I feel like that more self-punishment will eventually lead... Mel, thank you. That uh, more self-destruction will eventually lead to happy, happier pastures. So I will do a single shot in the hopes that there's only one more day Unai Emery's in charge. 
You know what, uh, Mr. Graham, I appreciate your uh, your willingness to uh, accept that. You know what, you probably deserve to do one because you got away with one. It was terrible. And I hate that. Getting away with it against Southampton is is being proud of having sex with a hooker. <laughs> well, mate, you which, paid for it. <laughs> which which one of these which one of these three gets sacked first? I, I have to say Pellegrini. <laughs> the Dildo brothers have sacked managers in the past frequently. The players are used to them changing. It's I, I feel like it's gonna be them. Do we think they all last this week and they have this weekend to save their job? Uh, West Ham is the only one. No, you guys don't have Europe either. Yeah. Uh, Silva will last the weekend. Well, Silva, they pretty much have already said. Uh, ultimately, I think Silva is linked to his cup game. Uh, I it, it don't, We've already secured qualification into the knockout stages of the next round in the Europa League. I hope we lose on Thursday. And that's what I've resorted to, voting like voting against my club. Want to actively wanting my team not to win, so the manager gets sacked because that is what it's going to take for these idiots to stand up and do something. Um, West Ham, like I said, they have a propensity to sack managers. I think he'll get the weekend because it's it's Monday night. They haven't done it yet. Why wouldn't you announce it yesterday or this morning? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, why wait till Tuesday? Why wait till Wednesday? That doesn't make any sense. The board met last night uh, for Everton. I'm surprised that I didn't hear this morning yeah. that Silva was sacked. And, and nothing's come out yet, so what, that nothing's going to happen before the weekend, I'd imagine. They want to have their backup already, quote-unquote, secured, so right. I assume they're talking to someone right if now. Those, if those candidates haven't been talked to already, then you might be stuck with another couple weeks. Yeah. We've got also, besides, we've got Thursday, Sunday. So waiting for Thursday, if they didn't do it this morning, is dumb because that only gives somebody two days to to put something in place. So you, basically, you give Freddie Umberg the the reins, um, uh, because Unai Emery is going to take his staff with him when he gets canned. So uh, uh, Freddie Umberg's the only one that's going to be there to coach the first team, which is fine. I'd I'd like that, um, but I think you just you have to get the money together and you have to throw every dime you have at Max Allegri, at Diego Simeone. Hell, at this point, fucking Pochettino. Yeah? For fuck's sake. <coughs> Imagine what he could do with a decent group of players. My side, they're talking about Moyes to Damn, just nobody basically... Nobody cares about the dig. No. No, not at all. It was a good dig. I know, but nobody gave a shit. Well, because I was already formulating another <laughs> thought and not really paying attention to you. So Thank you. You can wallow in that misery. Uh, um, fuck it. If you're saying, if, if Everton's already rumored to go ahead and go with Moyes, which, frankly, I'm not necessarily against if the idea is he's here to the end of the year to make sure we don't you know, go down, basically. But if you're going to go with that, why not just let Unsworth and Ferguson manage the team the rest of the way at least they're real true blue evertonians uh, and if anybody can get a song kick, is kick big their dunk. Players. oh yeah <laughs> big dunk uh, the big big dunk would just look at me and go you're gonna fucking play and you're gonna fucking play right now and that's all there is to it or i'm gonna fucking choke you out and, <laughs> right and, if you don't do it my fork could kill you and they're just looking at me and, and players will just go yes yes sir yes sir yes sir, yes, sir. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. So what we do in this segment here is uh, just uh, kind of in case we have some new listeners checking us out. Um, each week, Sam, our good friend and degenerate gambler, Pat, uh, listeners who sometimes submit picks, and myself pick games against the odds. 
currently, I'm down $311, and Graham is down $1,285, that sounded wrong, $1,285, that is what you are down, I can't speak, $1,285, English is fun, Um, as he slowly chips away at his child's college fund, so, Sammy, how about you give us a winner this week? You know, it'd be something different, interesting, fun. Just a winner? I don't even want to do this anymore. Oh, that's right. You got to feed the cup of losers. Yeah. So, I don't even want to do this anymore. As tradition for uh, myself and Mr. Graham, whenever we uh, go to the horse track, we always have a drink. And that first dr- first one to finish a drink, we make that cup the reserved cup for any losing tickets that we uh, throw in because we feel if we feed the cup of losers, the betting gods will give us winners. So far, that has not worked very well for Sam. No. For me, it has worked pretty well lately, but pretty go ahead. Well. You're still down a lot of money. Anyway. Um, a lot less than you. This week. So last week, I had uh, Arsenal to win and Villa to win in a parlay. I uh, believe was going to pay me around six eighty-five or something like that. Um, ended up losing $200. Uh, so... This week, I have gone for more self-hatred, but a little bit safer. Uh, Jamie Vardy to score at any time, and Saido Mane to score at any time at plus 242. Okay, so Mane and who else? Vardy. (coughs) Oh, Vardy's definitely scoring against Everton. That's going to happen. Yeah. So I went with Vardy and Mane in a parlay, both to score at any time. Both of them were uh, negative on the money line. Okay. Um, but together, but together a in a parlay, it's a plus 242 uh, on a $100 bet. Excellent. So uh, talking a little bit about our degenerate gambling friend, Pat, we've had him on the show before. And to explain to you what kind of degenerate he is, he basically bets soccer because he wants something to watch on TV and to bet before he actually uh, watches college football. And the time that we had him on the show, this was actually brilliant. He was betting the halftime over-under of Michigan State versus the Maryland Terrapins in basketball while we were recording the show. So that describes the type of degenerate we have uh, in Pat. So without further ado. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Now, typically what Pat will do is he will always take the Saturday primetime game, so the one that's always going to be on uh, – NBC at about 12.30, and typically these are very, very good games. This week, not so much. All right, so from Pat. Well, after an awesome VAR call, I'm 100 bucks up, and let's ride that luck, r- luck train right into the game of the weekend. Southampton host Watford, and boy, if there's one way to make you care about a game you don't care about, put some money on it. This is just going to be a gamble because uh, looking at the numbers, who the fuck knows? One thing I do know, these teams are like to finish games at a draw. So let's go ahead and gamble 100 bucks to win 235 and keep my lucky streak going. So going to go with Southampton and Watford to draw. That fucked me last time when I did Watford Norwich. So <clears throat> Yeah, and you know what I bet that game? What's that? I bet Norwich to win, and Norwich won. So now, good for you. I have won three. Hashtag humble brag. I have won (laughs) three weeks in a row, Sam. I am on a heater. 
Digging you myself can ditch out the of the hole from that hashtag now. I ditching myself out of getting myself out of the hole. So it is time. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. You know, the worst part about that is I can't even talk shit about it anymore because he's on a treble. I know. Normally I say 20% of the time it oh, works 100% of the time. Better. But no, now 30% of the time it works 100% of the time. Hashtag PG County Math. Gotta when follow my tried and true method. When you're on your cruise, mm-hmm. I'm going to jerk off on your MVP trophy. <laughs> Do not fuck with my MVP-ness. <laughs> Just right on its face. No, no, you will not. <laughs> I am an MVP, goddammit. And that's the kind of punditry you find on the Drunker United Football Show. <laughs> Sorry, Russ, by the way. Um, so, this week... Sorry, Russ, why? Because he's going to be here to watch it? Well, no, because I said, <laughs> I said goddammit. I always got to apologize Sorry, to Russ, Russ whenever I say goddammit. Sorry, Russ. Sorry, Russ. That's, Sorry, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. You just title this one, Sorry, Russ. Everybody, one time. One, yeah. two, three. Sorry, Sorry Russ. Russ. <laughs> um, so, Sammy... Uh, this week, I'm going to take uh, your team playing Norwich. <laughs> Please bet more than 100 bucks. <laughs> um, um, I am going to be taking the over at one and a half goals because you guys are definitely scoring on them, and they sure as fuck are scoring on you. <laughs> so there'll be at least two goals. What's that good? I'm going to hit that bet. Um, it's actually um, with that with the score, it will give me a plus 130. So, really? Yep. I got plus 130 odds oh on a. On a one and a half over. <laughs> I might have to rethink my bet. That's now, a pretty decent odds. Now we kind of stumbled all through it, but this is a this is a pretty decent segment, right? It's pretty good. But we're not satisfied with good, are we here? No, we aren't. No, we gotta no. give you better. We gotta give you great. We want exceptional gutter shit. So each week, producer Mel goes up to our chicken coop at the top of our hill and gets a pick from one of our pet chickens. And she never disappoints. We give you Kitty the Chicken. All right. So for the first time, Kitty has slipped below 500. Six and seven, man. She She's really been hurting lately. But wow. uh, fear not. She slayed in the NFL this weekend. So she's good with the bookie. Money lined the Redskins to I was win. Gonna, yep, exactly. Money lined the Redskins. Nobody saw that coming. They just fucked up their entire draft. She also, also money lined the Jets over the Raiders. Ooh. She had a good weekend with the NFL. <laughs> so this week, Kitty the Chicken kindly asked that we get back to the basics as she wants to get back on her winning ways. So I gave her Liverpool hosting Brighton. And without missing a beat, she pulled out a picture out of the coop because, you know, her coop is huge. Yes, Got all kinds is. of shit in there, all too. All kinds yep. of shit. And apparently, she was once upon a time courtside after a Lakers game with LeBron James, Samuel L. Jackson, and Dr. Dre, because that's how my chicken rolls. Baller. Uh, and they're all avid Red fans, and since they uh, were clearly together and not alone... Kitty is taking Liverpool to win this week. <laughs> See what you did there. Not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, LeBron Kitty's James so also part owner of Liverpool. Why, yes, he is. Yep. And so there we go, everybody. Now remember to always gamble legally and responsibly. I hope, uh, I hope Kitty uh, gets, gets off the slide here, gets back to Mount 500.
All right, guys. So this is where, uh, in the show, for all the new listeners, where we talk about our adult league team uh, briefly. Um, we are Drunkard United, uh, and we play in the Division One Open uh, League, so no age limit. And we're all older, and they're all younger and faster, but we're wily as fuck. Um, and AKA we are dirty as fuck. Could be a little bit, but we always try to be fair as we can, and we always help people up, and we're not dicks about it, which yeah. some people are. You, you fairly tackle every single guy on the field. For the most part, yes. Um, anyway, uh, this past week, we drew 4-4. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, the team we closed the season out against last season, uh, African United, um, which a bunch of our friends played for that team uh, that we, we know from up there. One of them I know personally. Um, we played together in college. A uh, good guy named Rafi. But uh, tied 4-4, uh, was a little bit unfortunate uh, here or there. Um, Exceptionally physical game. Yeah, it was very physical. Exceptionally uh, physical match. A big dude up front that I was having. I mean, it was fun. I had oh, a field day you, with it. Oh, you as a defender, you love that shit. Oh, it was great. And even Chris, who ended up getting injured uh, early on in the game, was sitting on the sideline watching us go um, and made the remark to you, didn't he? I wish I was out there. He was like, God, I wish I was yeah. on the pitch right now. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Shut him down. Uh, not a problem. What you worried about? And uh, we got out of there with the draw. First point of the season. We're two games in, one point, sitting in fifth, I think. Yeah, right um, We'll be okay. Top four we'll go do. to the playoffs after seven weeks. Uh, weeks eight and nine are semifinals and finals. First place fourth, second place third. Two winners play each other on the ninth week, and then we start it all over again. Yep, we there's um, never a break for us. Nope. Christmas. Christmas will be about the only break. Christmas yeah, and, uh, New, and Year's, New Year's. New Year's, depending on what yeah, day they fall on. Those two weeks, they'll shut yeah. down, and then they'll be back to business in January. Yeah, so this year, we actually get two weeks off in a row, because Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve are on Tuesdays. Oh, uh, lovely. Yeah, so we get two weeks off in a row, which would be nice, because we're older. Uh, be nice to actually recover a little bit from the ailments that bug us frequently. So uh, where do I sit in on all of this is I used to be the goalkeeper for one said Drunker United. But he got um, old first. Yes, I got <laughs> old first. So uh, I'm in my... Uh, Happens I'm, when you're born first. It's, yeah, it, uh, typically. Um, I'm going to be turning 47 at the end of the year, and I retired at 40. And I'll be um, 34 in May. So I... Uh, and I'm 29. <laughs> to Again. Yes. <laughs> And you're hitting the fucking mute button. She also doesn't play with us. Yes. So, <laughs> so um, after I finished playing soccer, I needed to fill the empty hole inside of me that was uh, clawing away at me. And the way I do that is I stand on the sidelines and yell. I quote unquote coach the team, which is really me more just screaming at them and them screaming at me. And yet somehow this completes me. And it works. And then we sit and drink beer afterwards in a parking lot, hence our name. That is the most important thing. We drink a lot of alcohol. So um, that about wraps it up. Uh, Sammy, any parting words? Yeah, real quick. Um, we've been getting a lot of communication on the Instagram, uh, on the Facebook, and on um, Twitter. And I just wanted to thank Jose uh, and a few others that have been getting in touch during matches and uh, sharing funny videos and sharing memes and stuff about uh, how shite their teams are. We talked about Chris. Um Excuse me, down in uh, in Houston, um, Paul with the Paul, wolves yeah, in Houston. With the wolves, uh, Lindsay obviously with Villa here mm -hmm. uh, in in DC. Allen with Newcastle with, in with Baltimore. Newcastle, yep. Uh, Keith also, uh, and then Ray with Manchester <laughs> United uh, has also been reaching out a lot. He did have a quick question uh, that I didn't see for last week. Oh yeah, this was a good one too. Quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we uh, talk about what Manchester United should do with Pogba once he's fit? 
Um, and he can't play the 10, even though that's where they're going to try to put him. What do you think they're going to do? Um, I mean, they're going to try to do what they can and have him play the remainder of the season because, frankly, as crippling as he can be at times, he's also that good of a player. Yeah. And um, you saw this team this weekend without McTominay, and they were hurting, hurting yeah. to be able to create from the middle of the field. I imagine in this summer he's moving on. Um, I don't know, maybe to the new Miami FC since this uh, past week he decided to fly down to Miami while he's quote-unquote hurt to uh, yeah. <laughs> watch the Miami Heat play. Nice. What I, uh, Sorry about that. What I think is I'm not sure what Ole uh, uh, Gunnar Solskjaer is doing um, with him. He's not a number 10. No. Uh, at all. He's a box-to-box. He's a number 8. Yeah. Exactly. He's a box to box that's going to pick a pass, and that's same thing. Unai Emery and Danny Ceballos. Why you want to, you know, force these square holes? Square, square holes. Why do you want to force these squares into circle holes? I don't get. Um, they're two of the better players. Paul Pogba is one of the best box to box midfielders in the world. Period. Right. Danny Ceballos is up and coming. Why you want them to attempt to play in number ten is ridiculous. They also, neither manager, sets up the team to have a number 10 in the team, really. No. Um, at all. So play a f- Both of them play pretty much a 4-3-3. Yeah, exactly. And so, those three midfielders are normally in the middle of the field. They're right. not out wide. Exactly. So you don't really create the, the environment to utilize these players correctly. What I hope happens is when he's fit, sits his happy ass right on the bench because United has started to look better. They, he won't, though. No. And they'll be more frail, and they will concede more goals again. McTominay and Fred aren't world beaters, and Pogba is a clearly better player than both of them. But the two of them have seemed to meet some level of communication and have got it together. Correct. So with that, um, I just want to say that when Ryan Bertrand set that ball down to play Danny Ings in for Southampton's first goal... Uh, the ball was rolling, and I'll leave you with this thought for me. Fuck VAR. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for joining us, boys and girls. Next up is Injury Time, another show previewing the weekend's matches. If you'd like to know more, check out our Patreon. And uh, until next week, everybody www.patreon.com backslash the football show. Good night. At some point, you'll finally pick a fucking winner. Uh, maybe. <laughs>